0: My name's Lou Blazer. You're listening to Second Breaks. The show dedicated to exploring all the ways that the over 40 crowd, the midlifers, can thrive at work and life in this fast and ever changing world of ours. This show is brought to you by Briefing Notes. A digital newsletter that delivers curated resources and information to help Gen Xers and Late Boomers work well and live well in our midlife. Head on over to the briefingnotes.com to subscribe for free and get the next edition this Sunday. Hello, hello my friend. Thank you so much for being here, for joining me for another episode of Second Breaks. And can I tell you, I am just so excited to introduce you to my guest today, Bridget Lyons, and I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do the proper introduction in a minute here. I just wanted to set this up properly. I want to explain to you why I'm just so excited to have her on the show on a in a series uh, when we're talking about reimagining ourselves. So early last year, before COVID nineteen took over everything, I caught on Instagram that Bridget and her husband were about to make some big changes in their lives. It sounded like they were planning to leave North Carolina to be 100% location independent, as in like live and work in a mobile way. But as with everything else, the pandemic messed up their original timeline, their original plans. But at some point in 2020, they were able to make it happen. So I just really wanted to have her come on the show here so that I could pepper her with all the questions, like all the behind the scenes. What is it really like to completely live mobile, to like live and work in such a small space to travel in the era of the pandemic? And then, of course, there are are like, Many other questions that I knew I expected that I couldn't even think of asking uh, because only someone who's living a nomadic lifestyle would experience those things. So I knew I was going to discover things along the way. So here's the thing. If there's even a small part of yourself that dreams of traveling and being location independent, this is going to be such a fantastic episode for you. But even if this isn't the kind of thing that you ever want to do, I would still encourage you to listen to the rest of this episode. Some of Bridget's insight that comes from her unique experience is so, so valuable. Her observations around consumption and waste and water usage and our responsibilities for this land, I thought they were just so illuminating. We don't have to be living the same lifestyle to appreciate those insights. I'm telling you, I changed one of my subconscious habits just because of this conversation. Uh, So let me introduce her properly. Bridget Lyons is the founder of Podcast Ally, a podcast booking agency that has lined up hundreds of podcast interviews for their clients. Bridget's background is in PR, so she spent her entire career working in the PR industry. But she believes that podcasts are a special medium that impacts the lives of everyone who produces, guests, and listens to the show. Amen to that. And she is thrilled to have come into this specialization. Here's the kicker. She runs the agency while traveling the United States in a 21-inch fiberglass travel trailer where she lives and works with her husband and gets out to hike as often as they can. You know, the question I really, really wanted to ask Bridget was why the heck? Like, why did she do this? Why did she and her husband decide to forgo the traditional home with a garage and a picket fence? She told me that a location independent life has always been the thing that she wanted. It's been on her mind for many years, but it wasn't something that they could have done 20 years ago.
1: But it is possible for me to do now and still maintain a business, a quality of life, and my relationships. And so, You know, that's really the why of it. It's like, I feel like I know who I am and what I need. And I'm very, very fortunate to have a life partner and my husband who is like on board. (laughs) And we've made some um, deals over the years to fit both of us. And so he's on board with this and he is an ultra runner. So this is good for him. He gets to go run in the mountains all the time now. So we found a way to make it work for us. And that we live in this special time in history where it's possible. So that's the real answer.
0: <laughs> Bridget and her husband, Lucas, moved to North Carolina a couple of years ago. From the outside, it looked like a settling in kind of a move. That's a story we're used to hearing, right? As it happens, they had something else in mind.
1: We had a little bit of a roadblock in our plan to be location independent. So we moved to North Carolina for a couple of years and um, And then when it was finally time for us, we really sat down and just looked at, okay, what shape is this going to take? From that point on, everything happened very, very fast. I had been working with a coach at the time. Her name's Nicole Lewis Kieber. And we had been doing a lot of work just kind of on visioning like what kind of form you want your life and business to take, kind of working through trauma and baggage through that. And I remember being in a session and we were talking and I was like, you know, my ideal would be to have like these different houses in all these places and I could travel from place to place to place because I'd become a little bit germophobic about staying in hotels not like in a diagnosable kind of way or anything, but like just a little weird about staying in hotel beds. And I was like, my dream would be that I could set up my microphone for podcasting, my office, take my bed. Like I have this amazing mattress that like I (laughs) don't like to sleep anywhere else. You know, I could take my mattress and my pillows and my blankets with me. And she was like, well, what if you could have that? That's always her thing. It's like, well, you can have that. So what does that look like? And that's when I realized I wanted to take my home with me wherever I went so I would have the best of both worlds where I'd have this home base that I could work from live from have everything that I needed and yet be able to have a sense of adventure and deep travel I love slow travel specifically so that's why buying a trailer we ended up buying a 21 foot it's fiberglass travel trailer so it's very small it's under 200 square feet it's like 110 square feet one room and a bathroom um, it's very small, but it has everything we need to live our lives.
0: What? Okay. I think we're going to need to like hear that again.
1: So it's very small. It's under 200 square feet. It's like 110 square feet, one room and a bathroom. Um, it's very small, but it has everything we need to live our lives, run the business and kind of explore places at that slower pace that I really like.
0: When you were talking about how you've been thinking about this for, you know, those many years, does that mean that throughout that you've been paying attention to material things that you were accumulating? Were you always living light and? like being minimalist, because if you you knew that you were going to have to fit in a small space or were going to be traveling a lot, you really couldn't accumulate, you know, the trappings of a
1: home. Yeah, we have always lived small, partially because we've moved around a lot. So when we got married, we bought a condo in Chicago, and I think it's like um, 1,100 square feet. We actually still rent that out because he got transferred in the middle of the housing crash and couldn't really sell it. So we still have that and rent it out, but there was a a smaller condo. And then we moved to California. All of a sudden we're living in Sacramento where we could have a house that was slightly larger. But from there they moved him to Marin. And then from there we actually lived in Oakland. And when you move, well, if you're good about your packing and don't just hire movers to like throw everything into boxes for you, it really helps you get intentional of like, why do I have this? If not when you're packing, definitely when you're unpacking, (laughs) right? And- So that had always kept us kind of small and intentional. And we had this experience in California where in the beginning, our places started getting bigger and bigger. So we moved from a smaller house in Sacramento to a house that's the biggest house that we'd lived in, in um, Marin County, which is just across the Golden Gate Bridge from San Francisco. And then we moved into a much smaller apartment in Oakland. And we really do like living small. Um, Part of that, again, is just knowing yourself. So I hate doing housework. And like m- my mom has this like big, beautiful house in the suburbs. And whenever I visit her, I just think about all the vacuuming that they have to do, you know, <laughs> especially. <laughs> yeah, I just like I like living small because I really don't like clutter. So I'm kind of that person in general who is pretty minimalist. Like I don't like having my stuff like covered in things, that's just who I am. My husband is not a shopper um, in any stretch of the imagination. So I think we're just kind of naturally attuned to that. I will say that moving into this tiny travel trailer, like I was really nervous about that. And specifically because we got a unit where there's no separate bedroom. So there's a permanent bed on one end, and then the middle is like the kitchen and like storage area for our clothes and everything. And then there's the dinette at the back. So there's zones, but it's one room. It's like living in an ultra small studio apartment together. And I was a little bit nervous about just, even though we were both living and working at home for the last two years before we did this, I was nervous about us being in this tiny space all the time. But then, you know, when you live this way, you also... Are often moving with the weather and so you do get to go outside and you have all this outdoor space one thing to think about it with that though is that you have to know yourself there too like if you're not a person who already spends that time outside you're probably not going to do that just because you're living in a trailer but we both already were so that's helpful but you know so that was something i was worried about um, in terms of the space more about just us living and working in that same space and not as much about the stuff. In fact, we have far more stuff with us than I ever imagined would fit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you're not, you don't have like a base where you return every Mm-mm. month or so. You are literally
1: like, this is... We're oh. on the move. So we... How does that actually work? <laughs> like... yeah. So we tend to move sites, campsites mostly, every one to two weeks. So like on average, every 10 days, I would say. And the kind of camping we do is called dry camping or boondocking, which means that we mostly camp like primitively. So we right now I'm in an RV park for three days, but I almost never spend time on RV parks. We mostly spend time on public land that you can actually stay up for 14 days completely for free. So some examples are, we were recently parked for two weeks outside of Joshua Tree National Park in, it's called um, Bureau of Land Management. So most people call it BLM. Um, which gets confusing because the Black Lives Matter, but BLM land you can usually park at for free for up to two weeks. And then after that, you have to move a certain distance away because the government doesn't want you just like living on that land. It's for campers. So that's kind of what we do is we move from either BLM land or um, often national forests, which are my favorite from place to place. And logistically, like there's now some amazing resources. So you can go and like look at, you know, maps of BLM land and maps of cell phone coverage because we have to have cell phone coverage to work. Um That's how I run my internet for the overlaps. But now there's apps like we use this amazing app called Compendium where you can actually search by location, if it's free, if it's paid, what they have available and also what kind of cell service coverage they have. So we look at that, we read the reviews, we look at the photos and we try to balance out like how good is a cell service because we're working and I work full time. I run a whole business from the road like that has got to be criteria one. We cannot go off the grid. Um, so that's criteria one. And then we look at, OK, what's the land like? Like a lot of BLM land is um, used for like cattle. So we were in this one spot in um, Arizona and these like longhorn <laughs> cattle. <laughs> came within like feet of our trailer and, we're... Oh my and I goodness. was like totally freaked out and because there's cattle there's like cow pies like all over mm-hmm. so I try to look for that and avoid it as much as possible so you learn as you go so we kind of figure out like what's the weather going to be like where do we want to go do we have a destination in mind like we were we knew we wanted to go to the Grand Canyon so we were like okay what can we stay at near the Grand Canyon Well, we were able to stay at a National Forest site that we found on this app that had impeccable cell service. So I do, um, it's called 90s Cardio Funk. It's like a Zumba class, but to like 90s hip hop music. And I started doing that back when I lived in North Carolina. And now it's online because of the pandemic. So I'm like in a campsite, free campsite, outside like five minute drive from the Grand Canyon doing my 90s Cardio Funk (laughs) outside Boosted from my self service. Like, it's just amazing. (laughs)
0: That is so amazing. I can't even imagine. So, do you plan, like, have you planned, like, where are we going to be the whole of January, the whole of February, or do you kind of do it by the, by the week or whatever?
1: So, we've only been doing this for four months now. We bought our trailer. We put the deposit down, made the order before the pandemic happened. We are supposed to pick it up in April. But of course, everything had happened. So we ended up sheltering in place because we'd given up my apartment in North Carolina and like they wouldn't let us stay. So we went up to my family's home in Michigan and sheltered in place while we figured it out. So we got a late start. And because of the pandemic, I think it took us some time to find our rhythm because we had really envisioned not just being out in the country, but also exploring different cities and visiting people that we knew. So It took us a few months to figure out, okay, what really does have good self service? How to read, you know, when you're reading like um, TripAdvisor or Yelp reviews or something, you have to like learn how to read them properly (laughs) for yourself.
0: So, like when they say this, this, it
1: actually means this. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, it took us some time to do that. So we were, and also when we first started, we started in Washington and it was. Um, the end of August, beginning of September. And it was when all the fires were happening on the West Coast. So we spent some time actually evacuating ourselves from the fires and like basically staying a day ahead of all the smoke. Um, And then we had to spend 30 days in Nevada to establish residency. So that's a lot of detail just to say, no. (laughs) We have, like, I had a photo shoot in Arizona um, last month. So I knew we were going to be there my grandparents live in Florida and I would really like to visit them. I was supposed to visit them and the pandemic happened. So we're kind of like making our way to Florida, but it'll probably take us about two months. We're in Texas right now. So we kind of have these broad strokes plans of where we're going to go, but because we're figuring out like, honestly, the weather, like the biggest determination of anything is the weather. And also like we spent some extra time, like well, how far south do we have to go so that we get an extra hour of daylight? Because all of our power is off of solar. So when it gets dark at five o'clock, you start running out of juice to like charge everything at night, and it gets a little dull. So (laughs) things like
0: that. um, So you mentioned establishing residency. So before you did this, you were North Carolina residents. And so you had to give that up and you you couldn't maintain that. Is that what it is? Or you want it to be Nevada residents or, you know?
1: So uh, the, the topic is domicile. And if anyone listening is thinking about this lifestyle, like domicile is a huge, huge topic. Domicile is a little bit more strict than extra residency. It's about like intent. And, you know, you can't, You can't not be a resident of a state, right? Like you pay taxes in a state, you have your health care, like we're on the health care exchange. It's all related to the state, but we didn't have any ties to North Carolina. And we knew that we were looking for some place that we could domicile. It's like your place to return to that would be more central to us um, because we're going to spend most of our time probably on the West Coast. And so Nevada is really central. They have populous centers. If we need health care, we can get it there. Um, and then there's also a lot of things that people look into because there's like tax benefits to being in different states. So there's some that are very popular, like Florida is one of the most popular states. Um, Texas is very popular, North, De- South Dakota, sorry. Like there's all these states. So you kind of look at uh, variations of like what are their requirements? How easy do they make it for you to live there when you're traveling full time? So it's like a whole thing. So do you,
0: so you're a resident. Of Nevada so for example like you vote there your driver's license yep. is there ah, so even though you're mobile and you're moving around that is your resident state of oh gotcha yeah gotcha.
1: yeah the, the big challenge of that is you have to cut ties so like you can't have like we couldn't have a storage unit in North Carolina because then North Carolina would say you intend to return here so you know it there are complicated like i know you live in florida right like people often want to go to florida for the tax shelters but you have to prove to both of your states that it's actually your intent is to be there
0: yeah so does that mean that you established a place of re- like a, a residence like a mailing address or something in Nevada or
1: so Nevada specifically you have to spend 30 days continuously at a specific place so we you can do it in RV park so we spent 30 days in an RV park outside of Las Vegas in the summer it was brutal so we have air conditioning but it was like you know it's hot <laughs> um so we did that and then yeah you get your driver's license there like we set up all of our like all the legal details <laughs> So
0: when you decided that you were going to actually pull the trigger and like when you put the deposit and you were clearly intending to make it happen, like, did you just tell people, you know, this is what we're going to do from here onwards? Or were you sort of uh, being circumspect about it a little bit and being private about it?
1: So I'm an extrovert, extrovert, if you haven't noticed. (laughs) And the way the extroverts, one of the primary difference between an extrovert and introvert that I think people don't talk about enough is that for an extrovert, the process of thinking through something is exactly the same as the process of talking through something. So I am not a close to the best person. Like I have to talk to people to think about things. So in an introvert, those are two separate brain processes, but in extrovert, they're the same um that's
0: right it, like I because I am an introvert like I like two separate processes right? yeah when people <laughs>
1: say like to an introvert, you should think before you talk it's like but I'm thinking at like by talking helps me think it is thinking so like for people really close to us I mean I've had to really learn I remember reading something I think it might have been the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown and she said something really resonated to me that like you don't have to give everyone the right to weigh in on your process. And so I've been more careful with the people I bring in, but there's definitely people that I go to, like, I'm very close with my mom and I have some friends that I talk to a lot. Um, so the people like those kind of knew as I was going, because we had weighed, like, would we get an Airstream and renovate it, which is a very popular thing to do. We decided not to do that, both for logistical reasons and also because that can take a year and a half to do. And we just didn't want to wait. Um, we were ready to go. And so those kinds of decisions, we were talking to them about some people, but it did happen. Like when we set our minds to making a change, we make that, like it happens. We really set it into motion. But you know, like the weird thing to me was that there were some people that I was nervous in my life about telling and everyone was like, of course, like this is... <laughs> not a surprise at all. And I was thinking back to um, my stepdad, David, and like, he's very much the conventional company man, like had come out of school, worked for the same company, worked his way up, was, you know, like very loyal and had that more, I want to say conventional life. So like not everything about him is conventional, but we had been watching HGTV, like one of those tiny, tiny home shows with my mom. And this was a couple years ago. And he goes, we're watching is like, that's gonna be Bridget. Bridget is gonna live in a tiny home for sure. I mean, I laughed and I was like, No. <laughs> but of course, like I am living in a tiny home now. So I like like he I mean, everyone in my life knows by this point, like so just to give the people listening some context, you know, I, the most traditional thing about me is like I'm traditionally partnered, right? I have a husband, we married in our twenties, we met in college, but um we've traveled a lot around a lot we are I'm 39 he's 40 we're child free by choice we don't have any kids we've moved around, you know what I mean like a lot of these things like people are just used to us doing our own thing and being kind of independent so everyone was yeah everyone was like well of course you're doing this like I thought it was gonna be this big announcement and it was not <laughs>
0: Okay, a bit of a producer-editor note here. We cannot have a conversation around mobile lifestyle in the age of the pandemic without talking about COVID and masks and all that kinds of stuff. The problem is that she and I had a technical audio difficulty when we recorded our chat. So there were some bits of our conversation that were corrupted and were unusable. And for the most part, the stuff that I had to edit out, they were fine. There wasn't anything really lost. But I was really upset about having to edit this part of the conversation because we were talking here about how they're traveling as the pandemic rages on. So you're going to hear most of what I've been able to salvage, and I will interject when there is a missing piece. But I wanted to keep this because I really, really appreciated Bridget's perspective about this, and I really wanted to share it with you. We pick up the conversation right after I asked her how the pandemic affected their plans and whether they were nervous about pulling the trigger on their travel plans Bridget said that she leaned on her mom the most as she and her husband were finalizing their plans.
1: She spent most of her career in the ER. And so she was a really good sounding board for me because, like, she, I'm partially who I am because I have this parent who... Like, really supports me. And I always joke with her, like, will you raise me to be independent? And the curse that you have is that I am, <laughs> you know? Because um, we're really close, but like, I moved away and I was her only child. And I know that's hard, you know? But she's always really supported me. So, one of the things that's been nice through this is that I can go to her. She has a perspective of somebody who spent and still is in healthcare. She's just in the IT side now and talk to her about the safety and the ethics. And that she'll like she's more she's like more measured than I think your typical mama bear mom because she doesn't try to control me but she's also very honest so we had a big conversation about that on the one hand
0: Bridget didn't want to indefinitely put their life on hold while they wait for the pandemic to boil over like I totally get that we still have to be able to live our lives right but at the same time There is the question of safety for both of them, as well as for the people who they will encounter in their travels. Without question, Bridget knew that they will be and have been strict with themselves about social distancing and wearing
1: masks. We always wear masks, even when walking out and about in a town outside if we're on a trail and hiking and somebody comes by without a mask we even if we're wearing one step fully off the trail and turn our backs like we're very strict about it and so the thing is
0: but bridget and her husband are acutely aware and sensitive to the fact that they're traveling and being out and about poses as much risk to others as it does for them both they carefully considered how they could ethically and responsibly proceed with their life plans and what they need to do so as not to endanger others.
1: Like we're stricter than like 90 percent of the people like we go into these towns and like people are not wearing masks. And if we've gone into grocery stores where like mask compliance is low and we turn around and walk out like we're just not because it's a problem, right? You can only control yourself and mask wearing is about spreading to others. It doesn't really protect you. But we take that really seriously, so I don't. I don't know what the right answer is. That's how we deal with it.
0: I have to tell you, uh, Bridget. I mean, I can't. You can't. I don't even have the words to tell you how how much I feel. Maybe respect is the word I would use for the way that you describe that, because um I think the initial. At least, I'll speak for myself. The initial idea is that, am I going to be safe if I'm traveling from town to town? But the way that you talked about it is that you're actually the one who could potentially be spreading something because you're carrying something from town to town. So I just, I just wanted to say, I mean, I'm like, I'm listening to that. I'm like, oh my God, that is such a mind shift for me as well.
1: Maybe because my mom's in healthcare, I've always had, that was my feeling from the very beginning. And I mean, I'll, I i do not want to get sick. Like the vaccinations are starting to come out and I'm like, just hold on a few more months. Like, you know, like I said, I'm almost 40. Like we are at the very bottom of that list. And I do like, I'm not going to sugar. Like, I don't, I don't want to get sick, but I also do feel like a very deep sense of responsibility that if we're going to do this thing, which is a little selfish that we need to care for the other people as much as we can. So, thank you.
0: So outside of the outside of the pandemic and the challenges that, you know, that brings with traveling, was there any was there anything that you were initially worried about, maybe it's work related or whatever, but was there anything that was initially worrying you that ended up to be this is absolutely nothing to worry
1: about? <laughs> so my husband would tell you this is not true, but my self-perception is that I'm lazy. Like I just I... I don't have a high tolerance for things like errand running or doing chores at all. So I guess I could like get to work and like work all day. But when it comes to like ordinary housework and chores, I just, God, Lord help me. And when we started doing this, like we don't have a dishwasher. We decided that we were going to be as low consumption on power as possible. So we don't have a microwave. Like we have to heat things up on the stovetop and oven We have to go get water every 10 days. We have to refill the propane in the winter every week, in the summer, like every two weeks. We have to dump our gray take every two weeks. You know, there's like all these chores. And I was just like, how on earth am I going to do this? (laughs) Like that to me is like, I just like, I can't have a housekeeper come. Like we had cleaners come every two weeks to our house since we were in our 20s, it's like the best thing we ever did for a marriage. The benefit, one of the benefits I have that I have to say is that um, Lucas is amazing and he works part-time in the business, but he does now most of the housework. So like the dishes, the the cooking.
0: <laughs> you are
1: lucky. I know. <laughs> um, so he does a lot of that. So I can't talk about this issue, but even so, like I'm really conscious of not wanting... To just gender flip our roles, and then I'm the jerk who doesn't pull their weight, right? I mean, that's a whole topic about how men and women feel about all that. It's like a topic from their interview. But I will say that like what we've done is we've gotten a different rhythm. So when we move campsites is often when we that's when we go get our water. It's when we dump. It's when we deep clean people who can't see. I'm putting deep clean in quotation marks. It takes like 20 minutes to thoroughly, thoroughly clean like this place could be trashed in 20 minutes. I've scrubbed the floors like washed everything like everything is spotless. (laughs) So to deep clean it, like we'll go to the grocery store often before we go to the gray, dump the gray, I'll like wash all the veggies and everything, um, which is something I just started doing with COVID. And now like, this is awesome. All our veggies are clean. So now I keep doing it, dump the gray tank. And it doesn't take that much time. And what it means is that we have a half day where we do everything. And then for 10 weeks, we only have to do very small, like, you know, a little bit of sweeping, obviously the dishes here and there. It actually suits me better because I'm more of that, like, I'm all on or on all off. I'm not good with daily chores, but I'm good with, like, occasional effort. And so (laughs) it's been better than I expected. I was nervous.
0: (laughs) Well, when you were enumerating it, I'm like, oh, my God, there's a lot of things to do that you you take for granted, the things that happen, you know, in an apartment or whatever. For example, like, I guess you can't really store a lot of food. I mean, because your fridge probably is small. And so you can't, like, you have to grocery more often. You can't really...
1: We're lucky that we have a fridge that's like three quarters of the size of a normal kitchen fridge. Like a, not one of those big fancy fridges, but you know, your standard apartment fridge. We have a fairly large cabinet where the microwave is supposed to go. That is our pantry. I've been shocked because we eat really well. And we also have this rule where, like, depending on the towns we're in, we're like, we cook is our default. We do not order carry out or from restaurants unless we're in a town that has, like, really, really good food. And then maybe we'll eat out, like, two or three days in a row. But it's like, don't do it in a town. Like, we have been burned on bad tacos and bad barbecue too many times. We're like, if it's not worth it, it's not worth it. So we cook a lot. It's It's been pretty good. We can do a pretty good amount of food more than i expected but the other challenge that we have that you also adapt to very quickly and this i think is going to make i can't imagine how this wouldn't make a lifelong impact on me is you are so conscious in a tiny space like this especially ours so we only carry around 28 gallons of water um we're actually looking at increasing that capacity we're increasing our power capacity, but, like, we don't have as much as you might have in some cases. Um, Our gray tank also is, I think, only 28 gallons. We have a tiny garbage can. Like, the size of garbage can you would put in your office, like a little paper basket, is what we have for all of our trash. You know? We got a composting toilet, so, like, you have to, like, monitor that and empty that out. You become so conscious of all the ways, specifically with water, that you waste water all the time. And, like, being more in tune with your consumption habits and how much trash is generated, like, that is really changing me. And now when we drive through a place that has a lot of litter, like, I get really upset. I get, like, really emotional seeing, like, trash on the road, like we the the rising and the setting of the sun impacts us like how bright the moon is impacts us like so much like we're just i think that it's so easy for us to separate ourselves from this earth and this world that we're in and living like this really changed has changed that for me a lot and i was already a big outdoor person big into hiking but like it's, it's making, it's changing me in some ways. I don't quite know what's going to happen with that yet, but I can feel that happening. But that constant monitoring of, okay, where's our water tanks? In the beginning, that was very stressful. Now we kind of understand, like, if I should take a shower, it's probably going to use this much up. I can probably take this many showers. Not many, but because <laughs> SpongeBob. sponge bath. Um, but that's a big adjustment.
0: When you were talking about, like, even the the stuff that you don't think about, like the size of your garbage can, like if I if you tell me this is all you're gonna have, I'm like, oh my god, how, how, where do I put all the, you know, just the natural things that happen during the day that you throw out, and I'm like, oh my god. I mean, when you
1: shop, you start paying attention to packaging more. And sometimes when we go to the grocery store, I'll like do things where I'll take like if you have lettuce and there's the bottom part that you don't eat, I'll like twist it off and throw it away before we even like leave the parking lot, you know, things like that. But you really start to realize how much waste is built into our society. And I'm reading this book right now called Braiding Sweetgrass. I don't know if you've heard this book. My friend Megan Amund recommended it to me. It's a book. Um, the woman who wrote it has. Native American heritage, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her tribe's name. And she's also a biologist. So she talks about our relationship with the earth from traditional biology and Native ways of knowing. And there's a part later into the book that they talk about how Native Americans have this thing that they talk about, like colonizers to the United States, about how we act as though we still have one foot on the boat. So we act as though that this isn't the place where we're going to stay and put down roots and keep Like literally we treat the earth like it's a trash can, you know, it's like trash and waste. And I've also thought about this for a long time that like companies, they get to use up the natural resources and that never has to go on their bottom line as an expense. So like Apple right now, one of the, you know, metals that goes in an iPhone is very rare. You can only find it in a specific part of China. And yet their marketing encourages us to throw away our phones every single year they don't, they have to pay for the material, but they don't pay for the cost of what happens when they use it up. Like nobody is paid, like that's being kicked down the line. And that's the sort of thing that like has always kind of bothered me. But like, now that I'm out here, it's just so, I feel like I'm going to become some crazy activist over all this. It really gets to you.
0: (laughs) No, it's true. Well, when you start, when it's almost like there's this, film or like you're blind to certain things because you're not paying attention to it and then you start paying attention to it and you're like oh my god right Mm -hmm. you know you mentioned that of course something like this is you know going to affect you're going to change some of your habits or some of the ways that you think about like your relationship with with everything, with people, with nature, with material stuff, um, do you think that this 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 change in your life has changed the way that you show up, or how you engage with people, or how you you just show up generally?
1: I don't know. There that's something that I think I'm working through. Like, there's these little things that come to mind when you say that. Like when you go out or you meet someone new and they ask you, "So where are you from?" I don't know how to answer that question. You would think that I would just say something, oh, I'm from, so like, so I've settled like, oh, I'm originally from Chicago, or, I'm from Chicago. But then people, you know, so it depends how, where that conversation goes, but it's, or when people say, where do you live? And I'm like, oh. you know, and so then I have to get into the whole thing, um, which I like, but like, I do think about that. Like, am I derailing? Like I'll have a sales call for my business. I'm like, I, am I derailing? Is it a benefit? And so I'm thinking through, those pieces. And I'm not quite sure where they'll land or like another one is, you know, I'm part of this location, independent lifestyle, this nomadic community. I'm not living the van life. I haven't, like, I live in a travel trailer. It's uncomfortable to say I live in a trailer, right? That has a connotation to it. And I'm trying to like make myself more comfortable with that or have a, like, I don't have quite the language around, what I'm doing and then seeing myself of like my defensiveness in that, like I don't like, right. So when you ask that, I'm just like, I'm not sure yet what form that will take, but I do know that these are like questions of identity and I overthink things, right. I'm an overthinker. So most people, where are you from? It's just probably say whatever, you know, it's not a big deal, but for me, everything, I make everything bigger than it needs to be.
0: Do you find yourself sharing more? Well, you know, we are all on social media these days. Do you find yourself sharing more, sharing less?
1: I am sharing more now than I have in a long time. I started on social media a long time ago doing like lifestyle and design blogging. And I had a long period of years where I got very uncomfortable with the ways that social media kind of Creates a scenario where you start narrating your life as you're living it because you're thinking about how you'll share it. And I think, I don't think it's a character flaw. I think it's just what social media does to people, right? And so I had stepped away from that. I didn't like that living my way that my life that way, but I have been sharing more and on Instagram particularly. So if you want to check it out and Bridget Lyons on Instagram, that's my personal account and it really is personal. And I've been shocked. Like I share little cooking videos. Cause it's like, I wonder if people wonder what it's like to cook on a tiny place. I'll share little snapshots of my life and where I am. And it has shocked me how much people like DM me are interested in it. Um, I didn't know what to expect. So that's kind of nice because for me, the benefit of social media isn't sharing one way, but like having conversations and relationship, um, that's what I think the benefit to social media is not promotion, but actually relationship. And so the fact that it's doing that and rebuilding some relationships that have kind of been untended has been really nice. Um, so yeah, I am sharing. More sporati- sporadically, but definitely more.
0: <laughs> well, I speak for myself because I follow you on Instagram, as you know, and I it, n- every single time I go to my stories and you have a post, I know I'm gonna smile because either I'm gonna see you guys eating, you know, like outside having dinner outside, or like the cooking. It's like in the in the kitchen area, like I or like the wonderful sunset views or sunrise. View. Like ser- seriously, like I always. Like the moment I go to your stories, I'm always smiling. Cause like, oh, look at this. <laughs>
1: I like, I really appreciate that you say that. And I started sharing more when we were quarantining in Michigan and my house is on Lake Michigan. My family, it's at my house, it's my parents' house. And the sunsets there every night are totally different. And they're just like so amazing. And I just started taking photos of them and sharing them. And people are like, I love seeing your sunsets. And here I am, like, we're in a pandemic like Donald Trump is president, everything is terrible. And I'm just being that person sharing sunset photos. Like, I felt bad about myself doing it. But people are like, they just like make me smile. And I was like, all right, then I would <laughs> and like you know, I'm I'm like really political, right? So I tend to like kind of feel like, oh, all this stuff is going on in the world, should I be doing this? But like we cannot be in that space all the time. We have to have these moments, and I'm like well, I really like sharing So people like seeing them. I'm going to keep it up. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> I asked Bridget to complete a couple of sentences for us. First, this experience taught me.
1: This experience really taught me to be very conscious of my water and energy usage. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> If, if there's nothing else, like I will forever, I will never again leave the tap water running the whole time I do the dishes,
0: or like when you're brushing the teeth, like when I brush yes. my teeth, it's just on. <laughs> oh my god, that's true. I never thought about that.
1: Um, <laughs> You'll notice it now, <laughs> right?
0: Now, I'm like, oh my god, why is this faucet on? Like, yeah, oh, my goodness.
1: this. It's um, not very deep, but I think it's good for the world. No, it's tr- <laughs> and then um I am oh I am wholly committed to living out the values that I have in every aspect of my life
0: one last question Bridget what are you excited the most these days it's you know we're, we're recording this in January you talk about the calendar year so what are you excited the most these days I
1: mean the Georgia vote results just came out. I don't know how when this is gonna go live. Um, I know we're not all about the politics here, but like that is a big part of my life, and I do think it affects us as a society. And one of the things that I keep feeling in general is just this feeling of hope. I know that we are a ways away from the pandemic <laughs> even being close to being in a rearview mirror and Um, that there's still a lot of problems, but I just feel a lot of hopefulness right now that people are awake and wide open. And I mean, I know Lou for like the theme of second breaks, like your podcast is just all about having the courage to look at yourself and see what you want out of your life and reinvent parts of yourself if you want. And if there's one thing that I think that we could benefit from this pandemic that we're all going through and surviving as best we can right now is this feeling that like so much of what we believe about what society pressures us to do, what we have to do, how we have to live. Like if we can come out of a pandemic shedding some of those expectations and experimenting with new ways of lives for ourselves, like I just... I think that in the long run, we will be so much better off. So I don't want to downplay the pain and the deaths and everything that's happened at all. But I'm the kind of person who really tries to take even the worst things in my own life that have happened and say, all right, how can I actually make something better come out of this? Like, let's make this have a meaning and a purpose. And for the pandemic, I just really hope that that meaning is like... Let's look at our lives and how we wanna live and say like, I can choose for myself, create my own safety, my own community, my own life going out.
0: You can follow along Bridget's Travel Adventures on Instagram. I'm gonna put a link to that, a link to her website, a link to her podcast that she hosts. Actually, there are a ton of resources that she mentioned on this episode. So I'm gonna put a link to all those resources Plus the highlights of this episode on the show notes, secondbreaks.com forward slash podcast is where you'll find the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode or like listening to the podcast, please, please do me a solid and tell your friends about it. Tell them about Bridget and this thing that she's doing with her husband. You spreading the word about the show helps tremendously and I would be so, so grateful. Okay, coming up in the next episode, which remember is gonna drop in a couple weeks' time, that's the new publishing frequency. My guest is Mara Gladso, who did the hard work of personal transformation, the hardest, to step up and step out and allow herself to be seen for who she really is, recognizing that some people may not like what they see. I think this is such a relatable story for so many of us, and the work that mara did to reimagine herself is going to be so inspiring so you're not going to want to miss that upcoming episode and the best way to not miss it and all future episodes is to hit the subscribe button right now on the podcast player wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now or if you happen to be listening to this on the website right around the audio player you're going to find some options as well but you know the usual apple podcast google podcast spotify stitcher all the places where you might find podcasts, you will find Second Breaks. Okie dokie, I'll be back in a couple weeks with Mara Glatzel. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans. Bridget, thank you so much. I so appreciate this chat and I so appreciate you sharing candidly the behind the scenes of how your work and your life is going on these days.
1: Oh, thank you. It's, it's like such a pleasure. You know, this, this has been such a dream of mine and you learn so much about yourself, about the way you want to live in this lifestyle. Like you have to. (laughs) So it's really fun to have a chance to talk about it. And I appreciate you inviting me.